Welcome to another episode of Off the Dome Radio, episode 39. It's a beautiful Tuesday. We have an amazing episode for you today. A lot of current events jam-packed into one. So the first, two retail giants are getting into the CBD game. What impact will this have on the retail space with this stuff? And we kind of talk about the overarching effects of CBD and how it's sold, both restaurants and retail. Excited to get into that. Slager, what else we get into? Yeah, wondering if they'll have trust issues. Uh, then that's more uh, non-psychoactive. We go the opposite way and talk about some psychedelics. And are they uh, using psychedelics to treat patients with mental health? And what did J&J currently get approved by the FDA that uh, we're wondering is it the best option um, uh, to take for mental illness? We'll get into that. Uh, Tim, what's Apple been up to? I know you got into that. Yeah, so Apple's been obviously dominating the phone space, but they're also trying to get into the credit card space. They've released a new credit card um, at their quarterly meeting last week. We kind of give you the details on that. Uh, We talk about the security aspects of it um, and what this could mean uh, for your credit score. Who knows? We'll see. I don't know. Yeah, I'd like to be be on the uh, keep my finger on the pulse on that to see if that would negatively or positively impact a credit score with uh, an Apple credit card. So we'll mm-hmm. see. Uh, then uh, I had a follow up update on Senate Bill 162 uh, talking about chronic pain management and how that's actually going to uh, kind of help insurance companies to play a little nicer with alternative uh, treatment plans. So. For example, more chiropractic visits per year, more osteopathic uh, manipulations and therapies perhaps. So resorting to alternative pain uh, treatment instead of opioids right out the gate, uh, trying to fight that opioid epidemic a little bit there. And Tim, we had an interesting startup from a, uh, a young gun really uh, killing the game here. You had an Uber for oil change. What's that about? Yes, yeah, so there's a little uh, company up in Canada started last year called Go Oil. Um, and they're promising, like you said, to be the next Uber of oil changes. They're kind of changing the game in terms of bringing the oil change to you. We kind of get into the specifics of the company itself, what they're doing. They're partner- partnering with universities. It's a franchise. We'll explain more about it and how it could possibly uh, disrupt the oil change game and provide a new awesome solution for that. Yeah, so we hit the current events pretty hard for about the first 40 minutes. Then after that, uh, we get into a couple of real-life situations, experiences, things like that. Uh, We talk about financial stability, and are you relying that too much on someone else to where you really don't have control? So if things go bad, uh, do you have the ability to change that, or are you kind of dependent on someone or something else for your financial uh, situation? And then, Tim, how do we uh, round it off per usual? Yeah, so I finished my Napoleon Hill book involving outwitting the devil, and I'm going to talk about the two biggest life rules that I took away from the book that will help you uh, live a life that you've always wanted to live. And like the book says, outwit the devil. So I'm excited to share those. I'm excited for you guys to get a lot of uh, current events from this episode, cool things you can bring up uh, in your friend circles if you can take away from this episode. Um, as well as some uh, life improvement lessons. So, excited for you guys to hear this. Without further ado, episode 39. You had some CBD action you wanted to mm-hmm. tell me about because uh, CBD is on the rise. I personally uh, use it as well. Um, 
not all the time, but I've had benefit with it. So, Tim, what you got for me? What's going on in the CBD realm, brother? Yeah, so I don't know if you guys knew, but there's something called a farm bill that was passed in December of 2018, also called the Agriculture Improvement Act of 2018, uh-huh. which pretty much says states can now start to produce hemp and hemp-derived products with the supervision of the Department of Agriculture, which means that in states with approved programs, they can now sell it. So you've seen a lot of shops probably with it, um, selling it. But the biggest thing that I want to talk about is Walgreens announced last week that they would be selling CBD products in 11 states. Oregon, Colorado, surprise, surprise, New Mexico, Kentucky, Tennessee, Vermont, South Carolina, Illinois, and Indiana. Ooh, go Hoosiers. So yeah, so 1,500 stores will have these CBD products. Um, And the interesting thing that I, that stuck out to me was this announcement by Walgreens, one of the biggest retailers for this, Mm -hmm. you you know, well aware. My mom used to work for Walgreens. Oh, really? Yeah, she was a pharmacist there. Oh, yeah, yeah. You said that. A week, this this happened a week after CVS announced the same exact thing. Walgreens announced after? Yeah, so CVS announced this, that they would be doing 800 locations. And then Walgreens is like, eh, let's one-up them. We're going to do 1,500 locations. So I thought that this was very, uh, very Hmm. interesting. Hmm. Um, Uh, Yeah, it's something, Tim. Um, One week after. Mm Mm-hmm. So it's just a matter of who got there first. They were both obviously ready for it. Yeah, and like I wonder you don't if, you don't just go a week later saying, "Oh, we're going to do this too," and not have everything ready to go, like ready for launch mm-hmm. in double the amount of stores. Yeah, that's the thing. They announced a week after, but we're ready for it double. Yeah, and we still don't know between CBS who was like ready to do this first but props to walgreens for waiting it out if this was their plan all along to wait until cvs announced it and then announce it and one up them and make it the most recent hot new thing and Dude, more, more well i wonder how much of that there like truly is of what if they're like ex friends ex ex friends <laughs> or just like big rivals like hey you know what fine we'll wait we can wait we'll just wait till we can do double Whatever you mm-hmm. announce, I'm interested to know just how that went down. Like, like if they knew when they were going to, like, how the information yeah. permeated across the two organizations. I don't know. It's interesting. So, do you use CBD? Um, I have before, just to try it, but not like on a regular basis. Mm-hmm. Um, do you know? I mean, do you know a lot about it? Because I no, I don't know a whole ton about it, and. Uh, I, I should research more of the cannabinoid mm-hmm. and the endocrine system and how that all kind of plays uh, together because uh, I know there's there's certain explanations that can really help that are enlightening, mm-hmm. but I don't know the exact science behind it. Yeah. But I have used it, and I have seen benefit. We're looking into actually selling some at the at the office. Okay. Yeah, so it's, it's pretty legit stuff. Uh, there have been amazing stories uh, that I've heard uh, with people using it regularly. Uh, I don't use it regularly, but I have used it and uh, I'm a big fan. I've used it in cream form um, for yeah. certain areas and I think it's the bomb. Yeah. But and, I, oh, go ahead. I, I just have some stuff on it, but you can, you can keep going. But no, I, I just think it's interesting 
you know, how long they may or may not have waited, if it was on purpose to announce after, but the fact that they're ready with double uh, speaks more to me than than anything. But I was interested what you thought of in terms of quality, because we have all these, you know, actual CBD stores and things where people specialize in this stuff. Mm-hmm. And yes, Walgreens and CVS have a lot of money and resources. Do you think that them selling this is going to face any quality objections from from the public of like, yeah, it's Walgreens and CVS, but like I got my place, like I got my my people that really really know their CBD. Yeah, I don't know. Do you think there's going to be a trust barrier? I don't know a lot about that because this is a relatively new announcement. So that's something that we can definitely follow up on in the future when we know more about the actual products that will be in there. Uh, I think it's just going to be a, like it's going to be another toothpaste type of thing. Like people just buy from it's a convenience thing. Like oh, I'm passing Walgreens today, I'll buy from Walgreens. I'm passing the CVS today, I'll buy from them. So in terms of like products and like comparing between the two, I'm not too sure about that. We'll just have to see how that goes. Well, I do think that, it's, it's going to be a distribution if... thing. Like obviously. As of right now, Walgreens has the upper hand because it's more well distributed. But I think as time goes on and we see the products that they end up offering, we'll see. Um, but yeah, I, I, I well, even I, that being so casual shelf like that of oh another toothpaste, I wonder if athletes would would resort to that or if they would keep with the higher end because certain CBDs can still contain a very little amount of THC. Like the range is like point oh oh like one to point like. 003, I think. Don't exactly quote me, so if I do mess that up, someone please correct. Mm-hmm. But I think that's the allowable range, especially for tests. Yeah. So if you want an athlete that is using CBD, you want to make sure there's no like THC in there, or if it is, it is within that limit where it won't yeah. show positive on a test for marijuana. I'm glad you say that because I think this is the biggest, bigger issue as of right now, like with the FDA and because it's. It's technically CBD. It comes from the cannabis plant. If it comes from the hemp plant, that's when it's legal and able to be distributed because coming from the hemp plant, it's got no psychoactive properties. But there's a strain of, or there's there's cannabis, and then there's the marijuana plant. Now, if it comes from that, that's when the FDA needs to come in and regulate it. Mm. Um, and that's the biggest thing is. While CBD being sold in stores, it's it's over the supervision of the Department of Agriculture. But this announcement doesn't have any effect on what the FDA has to say about CBD because the FDA has strongly regulated CBD. In fact, recently the FDA inspired several states like New York, Ohio, Maine, California to take CBD out of restaurants hmm. and edibles in restaurants. Do we do an edibles with CBD? That's <laughs> dope. Yeah, until until it's deemed safe as a food additive. But it's technically st- like CBD is a controlled substance because it's still derived from the marijuana plant, which is under the cannabis thing. So it's that's strange that they're waiting to say food additive when there's a lot of CBD you take in your mouth, like orally. Mm-hmm. Yeah, or like a cream. So it's still getting in your system. Mm-hmm. Whether you put in your mouth or, or cream on your shoulder. Yeah. And that's the thing. Like, So it's interesting that they're regulating that. But, hey, kudos to them for putting it in the food. Nicely done. Well, I think the farm bill that I was talking about, it, I mean, it's too early to, 
to jump to conclusions on anything yet because the purpose of the bill being passed was to put it out there so people can study this more. Sure. And that's the biggest thing the FDA wants right now is like we don't know enough about it right now to like let everybody just have at it. We need to we need to educate ourselves more on this because it's a controlled substance. Mm-hmm. But we'll uh, we'll update you more as time goes on. We don't want to spend too much time on it. I just thought this was an interesting little. Uh, battle here in the uh, the commerce world with with Walgreens and CVS. So so that's funny that you went non psychoactive. I'm going complete 180. We're going psychedelic with it, Tim. Mm. So this company, ATAI, uh, is doing psychedelic medicine research with things like psilocybin. So AKA your your mushrooms, your magic mushrooms. Woo! And uh, so there's been some shine, science showing that there could be possible link with using uh, a medicinal dose of psychedelic. I don't know if it's exact medicinal dose, but using it for the purpose of mental health illnesses Mm. and actually using things like mushrooms, but in smaller doses than people who are just trying to go trip balls. You know what I mean? Yeah, so So they're not They're not doing that. Yeah, it's very controlled. Where was the study at? uh, That I will have to find again because it's one of those I read then X'd out of. Okay. And then I was like, oh, I need those for show notes. So we'll have that linked. But uh, I did find some other articles about it too. And interesting, J&J also released a, your, might I say, alma mater, alma I guess. Mater, yeah. um, released a nasal spray um, for to help aid in depression, but contains what's known as ketamine. So... That was originally used, and I was like, okay, so what all is about ketamine? And in the early days, it was used during wartime as an anesthetic drug, and now it's trying to be used to treat depression. Ketamine is more known for aiding in the effectiveness of sedatives, help you go to sleep. So I'm, I'm way back and forth. Like, I see how one might use it to help, and then the other is like, are we trying to mask things really going on and i read too high of doses can lead to amnesia hallucinations dreamlike feelings quote-unquote bad trip experience type uh, feeling so okay you might say two sprays of this each nostril x times a day if someone maybe just feels a little bit of extra it's like ooh, this feels way different Mm mm-hmm you can still do enough of that nasal spray. I remember one time I was given one, did more harm than good actually, and then I would get constant automated voicemails about when it's time to re-up, time to re-up, time to re-up. I went through half of my second one. I'm like, this is a waste of time. It's doing mm-hmm. more like harm than anything. And so, but they, they almost hound you to re-up your prescription. And I'm like, so okay. On the one hand, yeah, depression and mental health, anxiety, all that. That's very real stuff. So is drugs that can be OD'd and Mm -hmm. make you feel things that are not real. But, again, a psychedelic can still do the same thing. Mm -hmm. So if we're going to argue that side of the coin, we argue that as well. So I don't know how exactly they're going to try to introduce that. Or if it's more just research on people than anything right now, which I think is really what's going on. But I think now we're having sprays and stuff to help with 
more antidepressant stuff. And I know, again, yes, some people do need medication. I just have a hard time with what we're masking things with or how yeah. we're treating it. Yeah. And if it's treating or masking, let's right. start there too. So I don't know. Just just because I work in a place where I've seen acupuncture alone help someone, oh my God, it, it's night and day mm-hmm. with something like this. So, you know, I, I have certain biases, but again, we can argue both sides of the coin. If too much of too much of either will make you feel things that are not real. Mm-hmm. So there's that battle too. But again, the mental health, also a very real thing. Yeah. But I thought that was interesting when I was like, okay, uh, CBD, let's go the opposite. Right. But I don't know. What, what do you think about using psychedelics for, for mental illness? Is it kind of going against the same thing there? Is it, is it conflicting or what, what's your take? I think it depends on the person. And I think whenever you're, you're going into something like this, it's important for everybody on both sides of the coin to be as educated as possible about mm-hmm. the, just the X and o, X's and O's effects of administering something like this into your body. Sure. Um, and really making sure the person like knows what they're getting into. They have a definite like end goal from everything behind this. You can't just, someone can't just walk in your office and be like, oh, I'm depressed, give me this. I think it's, it's a matter of the whole process surrounding that. Like asking them up front, like, oh, why are you like understanding why they're feeling the way they're feeling, where the depression roots from starting there. And then one, I mean, if you're going to administer it, ask the person, like, make sure they understand all the effects of it. What, I mean, what their end game is from everything, what they want to achieve from going on this, not just blindly prescribing stuff to people because they, they, they just, they crave the feeling. I think it's a matter of educating people. It's not about the feeling you get, but it's about what this can do to move you closer to your goal to getting out of depression i think it's about framing it that way i'm glad you said that because like what's what's the goal for that person yeah is it to be able to just do this in their everyday life and feel better about that Uh uh-huh or is it go this place on their own and not need someone there with them yeah that person can't be there every day maybe they have to work so i'm glad you said that like what is the goal yeah it's a slippery slope but we just got to frame it as a tool and not a recreational thing because we're used to this being used in a recreational sense. Mm-hmm. Um, that's, that's our first inclination about thinking about this, but let's just take a, take a moment to make sure everybody's educated on how this can be used as a tool uh, instead of just a heightened experience that right. people can feel. And I know I've, I've expressed my own opinion, but I think, yes, avoiding opioids until the last degree is the best but is the replacement always going to be better Mm -hmm. so i need to make sure i argue both sides of the coin there and not just demonize one without seeing the potential negatives of another too so again i'd be interested to see more on how they might regulate but like in terms of dosing Mm -hmm. so yeah yeah, we'll 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 have to keep that keep that followed up as well um and then I know you had some other things you wanted to get into. I only had one other uh, current event thing, but I, you had something about some Apple. And we were on Apple and Spotify last time, so I'm interested what, what other Apple things are, are going down. Yeah, so Apple is getting into the credit card game. They're uh, trying to dominate the, cre- the credit card industry. And we saw the writings on the wall yeah. um, with the Passbook, um, the wallet app. We kind of assumed something like this would, with, with the Apple Pay, too. Did, did you use all that? 
I've used Apple Pay once before. Okay. I use it to pay my mom over text message for my cell phone bill every month. Oh, nice. <laughs> nice. Uh, but I, I've yet to use it in a store. I see everywhere I go and I have it, but yeah. I'm j- I like to stay consistent and trust what I've always had. But right. th- this this did catch my eye, though. Um, so it's Apple. They, they powered by Goldman Sachs and MasterCard. Um, it, it's a card that you, you get. So it's a... It, you activate this physical Apple card with the tap of the iPhone to the card. So there's no late fees with this credit card. There's no annual fees. There's no international or over limit fees. And one thing I found interesting is people who build up a credit card balance, if they can't pay your credit card balance, you can start a multi-month plan. So I thought that was interesting. Interesting. Um, Yeah. People like a way of building your credit score. But I think this almost encourages people to take on more debt, which I'm not sure I like. Um, but the fact that, oh, you can't pay this month, hey, let's let's just set up a three month plan and maybe you can pay us back. In two months. So <laughs> I, I found that kind of kind of sketchy. But because Apple like that monopolizing the game, they're gonna just be lenient on not getting paid. Yeah. So, but right. I, I want to talk about the things that I did like, um, the safety and security about this. So let me just list a couple of points. So the the physical Apple Card. So this was announced last week okay. at their like quarterly meeting or something so okay. they, they this this card's coming this summer sure. should be available so the physical apple card that you scan like that's in your wallet you it's a titanium card and the physical apple card has no credit card number on it but the app i mean the card displays four digits on the magnetic stripe of your card like the quote unquote last four yeah okay yeah. so you there's four numbers on there but on the card, there's no like full credit card number. There's no CVV code. Huh. There's no expiration date. All that stuff is in your wallet app on your phone. Uh, so that's kept on there. Actually, not a bad idea. Yeah. So it provides the virtual card number and CVV for the card in the app to be used for non-Apple purchases online or over the phone. And the coolest thing is, is if, you, if you're like, I know we build up trust over the internet giving credit card information out but uh-huh. if you like don't fully trust like giving your credit card information out so this this program this this card it can generate virtual card numbers online so if you give your credit card information to, to purchase something online you can regenerate something called a PAN a primary account number whenever you want okay so you so you so you, you can just a, always hit like the reset button yeah so you have like a, a card number that you can use online for purchases but like you can like regenerate a new one every time, so you don't have a, a set credit card. I wonder number. how that works. Like, I know there's so many like ways to arrange numbers, mm-hmm. but with the amount of traffic and people they're going to have, what if someone resets one number? Does that number automatically have a blank slate and all that just transfers to your brand new number? So your previous number is open for whoever. Yeah, like a crypto type of thing. <laughs> I don't know. Right? Well, I don't I'm know. just thinking way too into this, but yeah. The fa- bottom line is, you can regenerate your card anytime. A, a, new, a new credit card number. Okay. Aside from that, Tim, I have questions. Yeah. Do you think this could affect someone's credit card score? Like, will this have an impact on their credit card score There's, so I, I use banks so you use banks like mm-hmm. a bank with chase yeah what, what? shout out chase um and via that i can see my credit card score if mm-hmm. i open a new thing with apple and if i can't pay that month well first let's talk about that issue 
but I get on this multi-month plan, right? Mm -hmm. Could that have a negative impact on my overall credit score? Or is that completely separate from the banking system? Like, is this another private financial institution becoming its own bank where I won't have to really worry about credit score if I can get on a monthly payment plan when I can't mm -hmm. pay you? Because that's, that's what you're telling me. Or could this directly negatively or positively impact my credit score? That's a, that's a good question because they just released it last week. I don't know the specific answer to this, but yeah, that's a, that's a, that's a slippery slope as well. Like with the, with the people wondering if they can pay back in time and like building that. But I think Apple said that users will pay an APR between 13 and 24% based on individual credit scores. Hmm. So if you have a good credit score, this could be good for you. Like you can, you can improve on That's what people are saying, but I don't know. Yeah, but I'd be interested to see if this could impact your credit score in any way. And have a hard time, like, okay, so here's, you know, smart on them. Here's another way to market to all their Apple consumers. Mm -hmm. They have a credit card. You see what they buy. It's another way to just market too. Yeah. Like, oh, so now you're into this. Well, Let me advertise this to you, Tim. Well, Apple did come out and say that uh, it they won't know what you bought. So we'll, really, so that's the claim. So that's the one. They're that's not the next thing I want to know. I have a credit card with you, and you don't know what I'm buying. Right. Okay. So, Bullshit. I'm so sorry. How much do you actually trust Apple? Because they said that. But Man, I don't trust I anyone. Think they have to. They have to say that. People have to have my information so I can buy things and navigate through life financially. Mm -hmm. I don't trust any of them with it. Yeah. My grandma's had identity theft at least two, maybe three times now. At least twice. Like, dude, I don't trust a soul with my info. It's just I have to give it to get things. Yeah. So, no, you tell me that you don't know what I'm going to buy and you have a credit card in my name with my information. You have my phone, my laptop, my credit card now. Like, and you don't know what I'm buying. Mm -hmm. Come on. Well, can, like... You're not going to use that to market back like to Like Chase or Lake City. Do they know what we buy? I mean, I would think there's statements, right? Okay. Yeah, so I don't know how that's going to so work. I guess how, you does, could see, how can Apple come out and claim? You can see oh, where know. you make purchases, I guess. Yeah. But there are certain things where you know what you're going to buy. Yeah. So how will that, will that be framed in the same way for Apple? Like a Lyft or an Uber. You know yeah. what that is. Yeah, I don't know. At a speedway, you know it is at a speedway. There's gas. There's some, some food and drink, whatever. But, you know, I don't know. I have a hard time believing that they're not going to know what I'm buying and not going to use it for me. I mean, on the other side of the coin, I guess they do have enough information basically from the world and everyone in it to still market back to them already. Right. Goldman so. Sachs also came out and stated that they won't sell data for advertising or marketing so. i mean i trust them as far as i can throw apple and goldman together you know mm -hmm. it's yeah. all the same to me we'll it's see not a knock on a name or it's just i don't trust anyone with my info yeah because you know people are going to be wondering about that yeah. that when i read the article that was at the end they had yeah. to slide that in there at the end just like, like people know. i hey, obviously trust learn. enough to still use things like venmo and chase and all mm -hmm. that but it's like i just i mean information is information and it's all on the internet and people are really good at using that mm-hmm uh, but we'll see. Yeah. This is interesting, though. Yeah, because uh, recently Apple Pay reached 10 billion transactions. So obviously every, wow. everything that was going wow. on with that, like the 2% cash back, 
3% cash back on Apple purchases. They're doing 2% cash back. That's what will still apply to this car. And only 3% yeah. on if you actually buy more Apple stuff. Yeah, so. Like, Apple, you can't do like a 5% cash back at least. Mm-hmm. My Chase credit card, I get 5% cash back. What, what? Shout out again, Chase. What, what? <laughs> Bet. Just saying. Yeah, so I'm interested to see how this goes. Over 70% of businesses in America accept Apple Pay, but now with this, you can do anywhere you want with Apple. So we'll see. We'll keep you updated on that. Anywhere you like. So I have a follow-up update for you. Okay. So it was either a show or two ago, we talked about Senate Bill 162 for chronic pain management. And I was still getting some, some details on that, so I, I went through and read the amendment language. And it's for health insurance or anyone who's covering a health plan, but basically insurance to help support care more from physical therapists, chiropractors, osteopaths, osteopathic therapy. There we go. Uh, manual manipulations, okay. such things. So insurance will have to play a little nicer with that kind of treatment rather than that person going straight to an opioid. Obviously, that option is still on the table, but they might see an increase in their chiropractic visits per year from their insurance company. Maybe it's 12 a year. They might see 20 or 24. I don't know. I'm just making up numbers here. But just for terms of reference, insurance companies usually give you X amount per per year. So if it's 12, yeah, you might see an increase to 8 or 10. I don't know what the amount will be. But I obviously like this for... I work in a chiropractic office, mm-hmm. so I like this. I like it getting away from opioid use and actually looking at the possible real problem behind the real problem. You know, So instead of a muscle relaxer because you have back pain, let's see if it's anatomical or is it muscular. Very big difference there. Mm-hmm. If it's muscular, we can fix that without drugs. Like we can get you out of pain without using drugs. Mm-hmm. So how, how, I mean, this specific bill, like when they administer this and start like enforcing this, like how is that change going to look to help achieve that? Like, is it just an educational thing with like, so- I mean, no, we'll see more people going to alternative uh, pain treatments rather than straight to getting their prescription drug. Mm-hmm. So someone's like, oh, because I can refer- see my chiropractor. Because they referred to a chiropractor. For, like, is it because just the choice? Well, their insurance will allow more of it rather than allowing a bigger um, chunk out of their prescription drug. They'll okay. see more from their insurance for alternative okay. pain treatments. So just structure, so like an increase, in insurance program. increase okay. in chiropractic care visits. Gotcha. If you're at 10, That's, maybe yeah. you'll see 20. Okay. Like if you have 10 and then you like, oh, I can see my chiropractor twice as much in a year as I used to be able to. Yeah, I'm going to see what else we can do and maybe scale off some of these drugs. That's great. That's what I want. Mm -hmm. So that's why I like this. And so it was uh, passed out of the Senate and was referred to the House on February, February 27th. And the first reading was referred to committee on committee of insurance on March 4th uh, as of like this March this month so uh, that's where it's at hold please and we'll be back for more updates but i i would have a real problem if this had issues getting passed all the way through mm-hmm. yeah no i so i like that i like what it's, it's proposing yeah i don't foresee 
many complications with this. And if people fight this, then I don't think that'll look good if you're voting against this mm -hmm. when you want people to have more natural and osteopathic ways of medicine and more alternative ways of treatment than a drug. And let's look at this financially for an insurance company. Tim, do you want to pay for twice as many chiropractic visits or would you still rather pay for this over-the-counter uh, prescription med, whatever it is, for a person for the rest of their life? Mm. That's a very easy decision. Exactly. Like, like Dr. Bob said, your body's like a car. Sometimes you just drive it recklessly here and there. You can't just inject new shit into your car all the time. You've got to actually fix the way it moves. you got to fix your body first. Take a look at that before you start throwing junk into it. Boom. Yeah, exactly. Dr. Bob, shout out. What, a, what an intellectual just... Legend. He is a living legend. Yeah. Dr. Bob Newhaven, if you haven't checked that episode out... Go get episode your, 36. Go get your mind blown. Mm -hmm. But exactly. I mean, that's it, perfect. Yeah. I, I couldn't have said it better because that's exactly it. Mm -hmm. And yeah, it's like from a business standpoint, if I own an insurance company, I want to pay for you to get off the lifetime medications that I'm helping pay for. Mm -hmm. I don't want to have more cost. I want to make more money. That. If I can do that by spending a little more in a different area, I can bring my long-term costs hopefully down a little bit. I like it. Yeah, I'm interested to see the overarching effects that this ends up having. Yeah, so... And, and then, hopefully it goes all the way through, so... I hope so, yeah. yeah. So I linked, uh, I linked the Indiana Gov site with that bill. I linked uh, a little article to it. And so I did read the amendment language. It, it was kind of helpful, kind of not. But, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm happy with that and how that's been going. So uh, I know we said we'd give an update on that, and I wanted to make sure we followed through. So that is Senate Bill 162 in Indiana. Great. Yeah, so interested to see how that plays out. So we'll, uh, we'll keep on that. Uh, Tim, do you have anything else uh, current event-wise? I know we've been, man, we've been going through what's happening in the world today. Mm -hmm. You got yes. anything else, sir? So what if I told you that there was a new company starting up in Canada that could be the next Uber of oil changes? Well, I don't know. Are you telling me that or are you not telling me that? I'm telling you that. So Ooh. a man by the name of John Sparrow, not Jack Sparrow, <sighs> uh, a nice. high school dropout from Brandon, Jack? a high school dropout from Brandon, Canada, Started three companies by the age of 21, but he started this fourth one at the age of 24. Go Oil. What's well, one word? It's an on-demand mobile service that would bring oil changes directly to consumers anywhere you are. So taking the oil change, which we all love going and doing. We all love driving to the, trying to find the right auto repair shop to go to, mm -hmm. going there, waiting. We all love that, don't we? Well, I think... This this could be big because this this company strives to kind of solve that problem. Um, I was say I like this idea a lot. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so it's franchising Canada. So it's a franchise, franchising Canada with vans in several major markets with dozens more coming down the road. So uh -huh. they're they're in Calgary, Red Deer, Edmonton, Saskatoon. So, they... so all all in Canada, but they're hoping to open up their first U.S. one in Austin, Texas, before the end of the year. So, so are they only doing oil changes? They do oil changes, 21-point inspection. Uh, those are like the two main things. So just keeping it simple. Okay. Um, they have a, something called a no-upsell policy. You know how at, when you go to the auto repair shop, you're expecting to spend like $40 on an oil change. 
oh, we, we inspected your, we did your alignment, blah, 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 blah. It ends up being like 200. Well, they have a no upsell policy. So, okay. And they're open 24-7. Okay. So. So I'm, I'm curious, do you know what's involved in the inspection? Like what they're doing or anything? Because if you're doing an inspection, I wonder, like if you're able to see if something else is wrong, now are they going to refer that person like, hey, you need to go get this checked out? Mm-hmm. And then give away that business? Would they get in network with someone who has access since they're just mobile? Yeah. Well, or, I think they're just doing the inspection. So they don't, I think it's going to be a refer type of thing. I yeah. didn't read too far into that, but they do the oil change. But in terms of like the extra body work, they, apparently they can inspect it. But I don't know what happens after that. But yeah. that's what they, on, their, on their page, on their services, they say 21 point inspection. Let's huh. see if I can. So I wonder if down the line, if he might think, hmm. If I open a garage, I can do that fix too. I don't know. I'd be interested mm-hmm. to see in a few years if this is still just the oil change because that's still a great model. People are always going to need an yeah. oil. Well, I don't want to say always going to need an oil change, but I think for quite a while still we're going to have oil changes. Yeah. They have little blue vans that drive around. and Yeah, they said 20 point, 21 point inspection of your vehicle that will let you know if it requires further maintenance. Um, so p- people have tried this business idea before, uh, but the main reason why it's been a failure so far is, so everyone's trying to do a franchise and to buy into this franchise, Go Oil, it's $15,000, which apparently, based on reading, that's apparently really low compared to what other companies have tried for. And it just hasn't been affordable for people to buy into the franchise yet. But this huh. one, it's it's cost effective enough where they can do it. And this company has 13 full-time employees. And what I found interesting was they've done like a col- they've done a college co-op program with this company. So they've partnered with a college called Red River College in Winnipeg and like information technology business students are working like co-ops for this company. And these students have developed Go Oil's like intuitive scheduling and booking system. And they like generate the, the quotes and invoices. Whoa. So I think I think it's it's so interesting. That's pretty crazy. How like this works, and it's relatively new. It was incorporated last May, 2018. So it's a very new company, but apparently they they're expecting to do one million in revenue by the end of next year. Wow. So very young, very like new, but wow. I think it's a fantastic idea. That's cool. So at 24, mm-hmm. good for him, man. Yeah. What a hustler. So yeah. Good. Interesting stuff, man. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I'm curious to see how and if that business model changes with the inspection. If they're ever like, "Oh, we could do it all," or if they keep it keep it as simple and lean, and just keep raking it in. I don't know. Yeah. So I'm interested the, to see what happens over the next few years. This could be a company. time a time saver for so many people. Incredible. Like, like it's it's just so it's it's an it's an it really is just an Uber for oil changes. Yeah. You schedule the time, the place. I would do the it. Type of oil, like, yeah. I'd be like, yeah, it's in the driveway. Right. Let me know when it's done. And they come to you. Yeah. With their vans. Cool. Oh, that's great. Yeah, we'll see how it goes. We'll that's keep you updated. So great. Yeah. Um, anything else on uh, on the current events there, Tim? I think I'm good. Right on. Yeah. So I. Uh, so I know we get into some, some real life things that, that happen. I was at an event not too long ago and ha- heard an interesting conversation. I was kind of in it, but 
two guys knew each other working for the same company, so I was more of a riding the bench on, on the conversation. But it was it caught me because they were saying that after a bad year, the CEO only took two million dollars less in his pay that year. And they're like, oh, you know, people lost their ten thousand dollar bonuses because of this and Oh, big big whoop! He took two million less, and I was like, "What a what a little experiment here!" Because I don't I now understand how much more I cannot rely on someone else to depend on my own financial stability. Like I I don't want to be in a position ever where I'm like, "Oh, I lost my." X amount bonus, this really hurt me. No, I, I, I don't want to have to rely on that. Mm-hmm. Like I want to be able to make my own financial stability and wherever I want to be is where I'm going to be. I don't want someone to pay me what they think I'm worth. Like I know I have a job where I, I have a, a set income, but still we're, we invest in, in ourselves in different ways anyway. But to where it's like, oh, they only took this, like, and we'll never see that, but losing this much kind of hurt. And I'm just like, wow, is that okay with you to be in that position of, man, that hurt and I can't do anything about it. And he only took $2 million less. Mm-hmm. Like, and the other thing, I I don't want to knock that head of that company, if he's the one who founded it, if he was an interim CEO and then took over, I don't know. But don't knock that guy for his experience and his decision-making for what got him to his own position. Mm-hmm. He still took $2 million less. If you made $10 million last year and made $8 million the next year, who knows? You might feel that, you might not. I don't know. But that's, Money's relative for that's still a, it, but, That's yeah. a big cut. I mean, that's... That's a bigger percentage than say, ten thousand maybe. Mm-hmm. I don't know, but let alone that hurts people more than the two million might hurt you. Mm-hmm. But I was I was just fascinated because I I reconfirmed I do not want to rely on that or be in that type of situation, and let's not demonize whatever decisions the other person did make for themselves to get in that role. Mm-hmm. So it was interesting to me of like this, this bitterness towards it too. Yeah. I don't know. What, what's your take? Because, you know, there's always the CEO makes so much and everyone, not everyone, but a lot of people and I've seen in, in the corporate space too, they demonize that. Yeah. Well, I think the, or, first, thing that come, the, the first thing that comes to mind is, yeah, it sucks that this happened. Like, whatever unfortunate event happened in this business that was out of these people's control, that mm-hmm. sucks. But it's also life. It's a lot, of, a lot of things you can't control. And I think it reminds me how important it is to have a diversification of your income, too. Not having your eggs in one basket. Because mm-hmm. obviously, everyone, when we say diversification, we all immediately think of, oh, stock portfolio. I need to make sure my stock, my stock portfolio is evenly distributed a different thing so if one thing goes bad i still have this over here to pick it up but i think it's a it's one thing that you can apply to your income streams in real life because i think if things go bad like you don't want to rely on one one thing to give you what you need because 
things happen. Like that's life. Like mm-hmm. shit happens in the stock market. Shit happens in real life. Like you, you may not get that bonus you want, but like, do you have some other thing on the side that you can like, Hey, I, at least I got this still coming in. So I know it's a, uh, it, it sucks. And it, I think it's one thing that we, as people, we have all the information at our fingertips to convert it into something we want in life, whether it's financial, anything. So it is at the end of the day, while that event sucks and you can't control it, start thinking of ways where in the future, if something like that happens to you that you can't control, you at least controlled your exposure to it because you were able to go out and seek other sorts of income. Whether that means making income, tutoring on the side, mentoring someone, teaching someone something you know that they don't, making money off that, Uber driving, Lyft driving, Lyft just went Mm -hmm. public, join that company, it's a great company to join. Build websites for people, management, I mean, you have all the time in the world. To, to do what you want. Are you going to sit around and complain about not getting what you want? Or are you going to take steps where if something like that happens again, you'd be like, oh, no biggie. But yes, that sucks. I agree. It's, it's terrible. And then the other side of me was like, that's just another example of how much people don't owe you. Mm-hmm. No, yeah, the world doesn't owe you anything. It's true. Like, we're taught, to, we're taught that it does. Like, feels, yeah, but why did that person owe you? Mm-hmm. That's what you're used to getting. Apparently not this time. Mm-hmm. So change the game or that's going to happen again. That's why I like sales. Yeah. yeah, I have the salary part that is promised to me and is owed to me by the company. But I want to have a component of that job where like, I'm going out and earning it. Mm-hmm. And I, I owe that to myself. Yeah. But I went out and did that. So. And uh, Yeah, I'm fortunate where I work is... A place where I'm growing and getting other certifications, so I so I can offer more services and thus make mm-hmm. more money. Because I did take a huge cut going there, but I love it. Yeah, love my life ten times so much more than I did. Mm-hmm. But uh, any real life things that stuck um, out to you? I, yeah, I, do. I mean, I have real life things that I read from from book talk. Ooh, I, so you want to get in this book talk? Yeah. So let's get nerdy with it. Outwitting the devil. Yes, I finished yes. the book. Ooh. Yeah. Stud. I, I actually I had like 30, 40% of the book read, and I dove into it on a weeknight last week, and I just finished the whole rest of the book. I read like 100 pages in the sitting because I was buried. Nice. Um, and at the end of the book, the devil, or at the end of his interview, the devil lists 10 rules that you need to follow uh, in order to, to, to defeat him in your life. Okay. And I'm going to talk about two of them. All right. I'm going to hit on the second one even more because that's what stuck out to me the most but the first rule is do your own thinking on all occasions um, do think your for, own thing on all occasions do your own thinking on all occasions thinking okay yeah and that can that can apply to anything I like that already <laughs> just make sure that what you like what you want in life you can go get it there's there's nothing holding you back there are things like obviously you gotta follow rules there's things you gotta do but in the grand scheme of things you have everything you need at your fingertips to take it transmute it into something that you want in your life Hmm. so do your own thinking on all occasions don't let other people do things for you don't let your parents tell you what type of job you should get Uh, don't let people tell you oh that idea is stupid get information from people and use it as motivation and use it to educate yourself but at the end of the day do your own thinking on all occasions i love that yeah for everything your own thinking for every single thing yeah god i love that that's Oh man, it's amazing, and I kind of and I kind of already mentioned it, but the second rule, 
uh, and it, it, word for word, it says, recognize that your brain is a receiving set from the infinite house of intelligence, which I think is the internet and everything going around us that can help transmute your de desires into its physical equivalent. So what that's pretty much saying is all the information you need is out there. YouTube, Instagram in the right places, if you look at the right places, Google, LinkedIn, Flipboard, what I've talked about before. Uh -huh. There's just so many things out there for you to, to develop and, and, and read. Like 50 years ago, you had to go to college to learn all this stuff. It was held at a, at a secure place. But now just realize how lucky you are to live in a time period like this um, where everything that you need to learn out there is out there. You can do have, so much. And you have a brain that whether you know it right now or not, or if you're telling yourself this or not, you can use that. Trans, I like that word, transmute. You can take what you've learned, you can convert it into something. And it's not going to be easy, but just realize everybody has that capability. I like that. Transmute your desires into physical equivalent. Mm-hmm. Make what you want actually happen. Yes. So, and this ties in with something I read out of Mark Cuban's book. And he says, you outwork everyone around you by seeking out new information to learn every day. Ooh. So I think, I mean, it's so Another simple. Another legend. But yeah, like you, can, like, you can join a company and you could be 20 years old. Everyone else could be like 40, 45. But if you outwork everybody and continue to feed yourself a new knowledge every day, information is always changing by the day. Yeah. You're going to be better than them because you outworked them and fed yourself with new information. I love um, that. Oh, that's so genius. Yeah. So I've been kind of, tr I've been trying to figure out new ways to, to do that within my sales job. I've been watching uh, Jen Gluckow and Jeffrey Gittimer videos on LinkedIn just trying, I've been using, utilizing LinkedIn a lot more to learn stuff because people don't realize it, but I think LinkedIn, it's, it's going to get bigger and bigger. It's going to get better and better. I just noticed so many things on there that you can learn from. And I, I've been using it more since mm -hmm. you've been on me about it. I've been trying to go through and, and update things and post things on there and actually have content on my LinkedIn, like yeah. articles and stuff like that. Post about this or Summit mm -hmm. or, yeah. Yeah. I was on... Instagram and Twitter all the time. I really spend any time on Twitter anymore. It's literally scrolling through my Instagram timeline and scrolling through my LinkedIn timeline. See, I, I spend time I on LinkedIn to, like I did on Twitter. I try to do Twitter for the business. Yeah. Because it's still, man, there's a lot going on in that space, mm -hmm. dude. Yeah. It's just crowded for me. Yeah, we can't knock it, but. Yeah. No, if you got to get it on get on the platform with the right intentions. Yeah, yeah. if we're getting on there, it's for the business. So. Uh, but yeah, it, I, that's, that's what's been on my mind. I'm trying to feed myself with information whenever, wherever I can. Hell yeah. And stop getting into the habit of consuming information from, from people's experiences on Instagram and being jealous of where they're at in the world, uh -huh. <laughs> but using it as a way to right. feed myself and make myself into a more useful utility person. And, and Christoph put it well, too, because I, I mentioned how... Yes, I still find myself on it quite a bit, mm -hmm. but more so for business reasons. Yeah. And yeah, I, I do my personal stuff, sure, but I'm on it more so for business. And he's like, don't feel bad if it's for business. Uh, you know, if you're just consuming all the garbage for hours on end, fine. But if it's for the business, then yeah, you got to work. Mm -hmm. So he's like, don't feel bad for if you're spending a little more time on social media, but it's for what you need to be doing. Yeah. I was like, all right, that's actually pretty good. Mm -hmm. And so I still like need to limit that, but I was like, all right, that's yeah. I'm going to take that. Cause like if I'm doing work, fine. If I know I'm 
dicking off, then I know that. Mm-hmm. Then if I'm mad about not getting something else done, I know, like, well, I knew it when I was doing it, so that was my decision. But, yeah, I like that. I really like the you outwork people when you have more to learn, like mm-hmm. when you try to go learn more. That's yeah. your outworking. Yeah, and it's never too late because information is always changing. Yep. Look at where things are headed in the future. Catch the trends. Look at Get your information from the right yeah. places. So Yeah, trends. That's information. Mm-hmm. Like, if you look at that, people don't even look at what's happening. Yeah. And I mentioned it, Flipboard, F-L-I-P-B-O-A-R-D. Look up that app. You'll like it. It's a great great way to ingest new information. Yeah, I need to do that. I like the hustle, too. Mm -hmm. But I need to try Flipboard. I haven't yet, so I should do that. Um, But yeah, hustle has good stuff. That's where I found the the Go Oil article. Okay. Yeah, Yeah, the Apple, Apple, oof, man. Apple versus Spotify. There we go. We got there. Uh, that stuff that we talked about with the music thing going down, that was from The Hustle. Mm. So they have some good, interesting um, Oh, mine was from Flipboard, but yeah, that was, from, that was from The Hustle. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So I need to check out Flipboard. Good stuff. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I'm still turtling my way through Don't Sweat the Small Stuff. Come on, bro. Uh, look, man, with, with the, the coaching, uh, I had to reprioritize a couple weekend days, so... Did a little less reading, a little more for the other stuff, but I hit it hard again the other day. Um, getting, I'm getting more regimented with, with my reading and writing, so I'm, I've been working on that. I know I've said those are issues of mine, uh, so I have been better with that. I read or I write, and I do one before or after the other and just knock it out. Mm-hmm. And so there were two things in Don't Sweat the Small Stuff. One was CD Innocence. And this is something that I wanted to bring up because it's something I can really work on. And it's seeing innocence behind words or actions of things that people do in your everyday life where it's like, God, that really frustrates me. Or it's such a bothersome like, thing that they did or said. Or, you know, this person did this at work and didn't, didn't ask me. Or it's like... Uh, you know, Mr. Jones put this extra task on my desk and just told me I need to get it done. And look for the innocence in it. You know, she didn't tell you to do it in a mean way. Maybe she had thought you were ahead on something. If you're behind, you know, maybe she's someone you can say, hey, I'm just swamped today. When do you need this? By like, oh, it's, you know, not a rush. I just set it there for when you can. It could have been as innocent as that. Or, you know, just small stuff that just drives you you get cut off on the road mm-hmm. you know maybe they honestly didn't check their blind spot they just forgot to check their blind spot maybe they're talking to the grandma just look for the innocence and the less frustrated you are um, like you're able to more focus on the beauty of things and you have a little more compassion so when you see a little more innocence you have less frustration and you're going to feel better Mm-hmm. And it's something I need to work on too because I get those frustrations and sometimes they linger for maybe a day or maybe a couple hours. Mm-hmm. And I just, I know it's one of those things that I can do a lot, lot better. So I thought that was interesting because it's that everyday stuff to where people are oh, just yeah. driving me insane. Oh, my drive in just drove me up the wall today. Mm-hmm. Your drive in, it's not even nine o'clock. <laughs> See what I mean? So it's that. I was like, oof. 
And it's just assuming the worst in people. That's not a very good mindset to go out and have. Exactly. You're looking for the cracks. Yeah. You're weatherproof, and that's another chapter. Not what I was going to get into, but you're finding things to, to fix mm-hmm. all the cracks, the, the little leaks here and there. Like, yeah. we want to find all those. Stop. Mm-hmm. Everyone's got cracks. You too, bitch. Like, see the innocence. Like, mm-hmm. People don't always have ill intention like we think assume or even want them to have mm-hmm. against us because we want that animosity for whatever reason yeah so i liked that one and the other one was just uh simple but easier said and everyone it's something that everyone is like yeah i need to do that better or i'll do that better and i do this with a handful of friends but not everyone that i think i really should and it's tell three people today how much you love them and it gave a really easy uh, kind of picture of it. If you had an hour to live and could only make one phone call, who would you call, what would you say, and why are you waiting? In parentheses, until you die. I think I added that that's part. Yeah. <laughs> Dramatic effect. Yeah, but... That's, that, that's powerful, though. Who would you call, what would you say, and why are you waiting? It's like, Tim, I don't tell you enough. Like, you're like family to me. Mm-hmm. Like, I love the shit out of you. I don't tell you after all of our texts or phone conversations or when I see you. Like, I have friends that I do that with. I don't know why I haven't done it with you. But I love you. Like, mm-hmm. you're family. Yeah. You know? So it's just like, and then it talked about if you do something enough, it'll just become a regular part of your life. Because people are still get this, oh, it's kind of weird, like, telling my boys, like, hey, I love you, man. Like, if you just start doing it. At first, your first four or five times doing it, sure. But then it's like, hey, love you, dude. Hey, love you too, man. Yeah. It becomes manly. Make it manly. Make it a, hey, dude, yeah, I really love you. You want to rip your hair off your chest now, too, at the same time? (laughs) Do something real manly about it? Yeah, I love you, too. Yeah, I love you. Let's go down some beers, huh? Yep. All right. Good talk. (laughs) You know, so do whatever, but, you know, tell your boys you love them. Yeah. Inject more love into the world. Yeah. Makes it an overall better place. They're probably going to tell someone they love them, too. I know, like, the, the, the father-son thing can be, like, you tell your mom you love her, but you don't always tell your dad because there's, like, that manly thing. Yeah. You know? I'll tell him, like, because I call him man and stuff. Like, we're all on that kind of level. and be like, all right, hey, love you, Pop. Like, quick one of those. Because why not? There is no compromise in masculinity by saying I love you. Yeah. If anything, it makes you more of a man. Hell yeah. Shows you got respect. I'm manly as hell. Yeah. Be up front. <laughs> So yeah, those two things, I really liked those two because uh, they're both things I can really improve on that stuck out to me as more glaring than other things. And the second one, like, just I do it some, but not enough. Mm-hmm. So it was a good reminder of like, hey, actually start doing this. Yeah. So I love it, man. Yeah. I, I love the book talk, dude. It's, it's yeah. probably one of my fav- favorite segments because yep. it's just, oh, it's real. It's just mm-hmm. slap in the face. So... Other than that, that's all my book talk, and mm-hmm. I will finish this soon. So I'm, I'm further than that, but uh, I know I need to get out of it and get done. So Hey, you're inching closer and closer. Because I bought another one off Amazon. <laughs> Hell yeah. So we'll get there. We'll get there. Anything else for this one, man? I don't have anything else. Do you? I think I'm all good, brother. Uh, so, hey, listeners, thanks for hanging with us. We really appreciate your time, your ear. Uh, you taking the time to check us out and see what we're about. Uh, we hope you took away some good value from the episode. We always have a good time doing it. 
Uh, we hope we're improving for you, for our listeners. And uh, if you do love the show, you are seeing value and benefit from it. Uh, go check us out on iTunes. Leave us a five-star review and rating, and we will send you a free uh, laptop sticker. So after you do the review, just DM us on Instagram uh, or Twitter. Could be that too. I'd operate that a little more uh, sometimes, but either one will work. Let us know uh, your name, uh, that you left the review. We'll get your mailing address, and we'll ship that right out to you. We are on iTunes, Spotify, uh, SoundCloud. We're getting on all the platforms. Check us out and, and talk to us. You know, Let us know what you want to hear about. If there's a, an issue or a topic going on in the real world that we haven't touched, let us know. We'll touch on it. Um, we'll get a conversation going. That's what this is about. We always want to start something new with some people. So uh, let us know. Talk to us, and we'll talk back. And uh, as always, thanks again.